But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys, Fatty, Fatty. and Big Bry. And Big Bry. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a special free agent show that Brian and I are putting on together. Now, before we do get into our show, we are pre-recording. So we will be not pulling up comments or anything else like that. Uh, The kids have got a band concert on Tuesday. So we are doing this Monday night and we're going to set it up for Tuesday for you guys to watch. So don't get upset if we're not throwing up your comments out and all that stuff. It's just we had to do it this week because it was sprung on me over the weekend that there is a concert for my kids that I got to go to. So on that note, welcome into Legal Ham to the Face. We are brought to you by Harold Keel and Lake Erie APA. I am that fat guy. I always have Big Bri. What's going on, big fella? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Really good. What um? What instrument do your kids play in band? Uh, Charlie plays the trombone. Which he was practicing this oh, weekend. Oh, nice! Which is nice. And Alexander oh, plays man. the saxophone. <laughs> yeah, but that's nice around the house. Actually, cool. funny because he's actually getting pretty good at yep, it. Because be we, were up, we were upstairs listening to it, and he's just pop, 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 pop downstairs, and then you hear him screaming when he messes up, and then he starts over again. I was like, "You're going to get it, buddy. You're going to get it." <laughs> The Woodwind family. Yeah, my brother used to play saxophone, I think. I I was lucky enough to play the cello, and um, I played for about a year and a half, and then my teacher pretty much forced me to quit. <laughs> oh, so, you were that good. Not my forte. I, I just <laughs> I never practiced. I, you know, I had basketball practice and, uh, and other stuff going on, baseball, so I just didn't practice at all, and I was bringing the rest of the crowd down, I guess. So she's like, yeah, you might want to think about something else. <laughs> you know, it, it's really funny. Is like I joke around with my sister about it. Um, like growing up, like my um, other side of the family, my cousins are huge into music. Like my both cousins played in marching band. My cousin Britt has a band right now that he plays down there. My cousin Jessica was like the lead major for the marching band. Like they were just all band and me and my sister were all sports. Well, right now Mm -hmm. she's got her kids that are all sports and my kids are all band. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess the next generation (laughs) is kicking in here. Flip flops generations. Oh, geez. It it just, I started laughing, but I love it. I, I love joking around with them too. I'm like, come on, Charlie, you can hit that. And if you think of like an old time, What's really funny is he even does like a dance with it too as he's playing it because he starts getting a little groove with it. And I just start marching band. Yeah. All I think about is the jazz flute from uh Anchorman. And I'm like, oh, oh god, you're gonna be one of those games. I thought you were gonna say American Pie, where he's playing the oh. saxophone or, or flute or whatever. 
<laughs> no, he was playing a trombone, wasn't he? Is that what it was? I can't yeah, remember. You might be right. I, I know he's getting into it. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our show tonight. Like I said, we are going to dive into uh, linebackers and safeties here for you. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cavs holding on to the four seeds. So they're getting ready to play the Celtics. So that's a big game with a lot of big names out again. Uh, I think Jason Tatum's out. Mitchell might be out because of a sore finger. A couple other Celtic players are out. So it'll be here, but you know, something wins a win right now. And if we can lock into four seed, the home playoff game, bud, and see what happens from there. Uh, we'll go from that. Uh, we are going to do our trivia tonight with, we are still doing Biloxi as our dog of the week. Um, also, News out for everybody. I am helping Eric from Top Dog Tailgate get everything set up for the West Certain Summit Tailgate at the WJ Lodge in Berea. $10 a ticket. Got 200 people signed up. All right. It's going to be food, crockpots galore. Brian, you've been there. We're going to have a cornhole tournament. We're doing a rando draw on the cornhole tournament. So no... You know, not getting paired up with your best friend that, you know, you bring your own bags and crap like that. Mm-mm, not anymore. We're putting the Knicks <laughs> to that. And there's going to be food. There's going to be music. There's going to be adoptable pets. So we're going to get it all set up. We're trying to get at least 200 people signed up before April 1st. So if you'd like to sign up, go get a hold of me here to Legal Ham and get a hold of Top Dog Tailgate on Facebook. $10 donation is all it is. And you come and hang out and have a good time. What's the date for that? Uh, May 20th is the date. May 20th, and do you know times yet? I believe it is 1 to 6 or 1 to 7. So Cool. Yeah, that's a good time. I mean, it's kind of the start of the summer. And you know something with the spread that they're going to have? Crockpots are going to be everywhere. We're still in the process of talking what, uh, what kind of food that we're going to have as the main. I threw out a couple of suggestions that are out there. We just got to check prices. But other than that, it's a huge spot, huge park. Bri, you've been there. We've had a blast there. I think we came in second in Cornhole because, uh, you know, somebody brought their own bags and, you know, all right. that. We we did not make it last year due to other things that were going on with us. So couldn't make it. But this year I told Eric I'd help him out. So, And if you just want to donate $10, Perfect. We can actually, if you want to donate $10, we'll give a ticket away on the show. So if you just want to donate and help out City Dogs, $10, just get a hold of us here or get a hold of Eric Top Dog Tailgate. Um, other than that, it's all for City Dogs of Cleveland. We're raising money for them. It's one of the big fundraisers they do along with the Mac for Mutts when they do their annual tailgate every year where I think I am just going to be a taste tester for the rest of my life with that mac and cheese i'm all right with it though, by taking one for the team every year sure <laughs> but yeah it's a beautiful i remember uh what it was the obj dog um oh, yeah a couple years ago that was fantastic so i mean i don't know if you can bring you can't have another obj dog but maybe we can rename it amari cooper dog oh, or something yeah. like that because that was DPJ? awesome come on Got the DPJ dog now. DPJ dog, sure. Mm-hmm. Although I think it had like a Louisiana flair to it, is why it they call it the it. OBJ dog. So it was uh, hot dogs, 
was it was a hot dog dunked in hot sauce and then topped off with ground up jalapenos and onions on the top of it. Bacon, bacon, some sort of bacon. Oh yeah, bacon was in there too. Oh god, it was so good, so good. Mm. Throw a little spicy mustard on the top of that thing and just mm, 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 mm. um. I know I will be bringing uh the. You remember how Butch always made the beans? I think I'm bringing oh, yeah. two, I'm bringing two crock pots of spicy and non-spicy. Oh, those are delicious. So Butch's beans are going to be there. I'm going to make some up and take over there too. So are you sticking the hot dogs in the beans to cook them that way? Or I don't know. I might bring the hot dogs on the side. And yeah. then have them cook up here on the grill cool. and then put that chili on top, yep. that bean juice on top, and just mm, it's almost like a chili it comes out to be so good. All That's right, Brian, you ready That's to uh you ready to get in our show? Do you have any shout outs? How was the uh, home garden show down in Medina this weekend? Home garden show was good. We got blessed with uh some well, I I'd stop short of saying great weather, but really darn good weather. Um around fifty and sunny down here, so can't ask for anything better than that, and it was a good turnout. So, uh, yeah, no complaints here. Um, great weekend. Finished cleaning everything up today. So, yeah, success for this year as far as I'm concerned. All right. I got to shout out my kids. We went to Chuck E. Cheese. I had to run them loose. Did you have right? the pizza? We did not have the pizza. We got we got a deal on the 60-minute uh, the play tickets, and we just let them run for an hour. I mean, we just had to. It was like I looked at her at the last minute. And I'm like, you want to go to Medina and set them loose? You want to go to Chuck E. Cheese and set them loose? She goes, you know what would happen if we send them to Medina? She goes, they'll be tearing up everything there. I'm like, yeah, it's true. I'm like, all right, we're going yeah. to Chuck E. Cheese. So Not a place for kids. So we took them to Chuck E. Cheese. They ran it off. Went to Applebee's for uh, lunchtime. Got me a little riblet pa- nice. platter, which was nice. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went and got haircuts, as you can see right there, with the uh, freshly shaved head and the eyebrow. Trim. So it was eyebrow trim? No, is that a real thing? Yeah, I have to trim my eyebrows every time, dude. These things Get grow. Out of here. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, mine grow like, like crazy. Wooly bears. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't I never notice. Like I didn't think it was a thing until she like combed it over, like you know, the backside, and like combed it out, dude. I think it's like this long. I'm like. My like goodness. shave it off, trim them down. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I, I, you know, growing up, I'm like, what the hell? And then just, yeah, it, gotta trim those things up sometimes, Bri. They grow like crazy. Oh, interesting. All right. I take it you don't have to do that. No, I got really thin. I don't. You probably can't even tell. I got really well, thin eyebrows, back, so though. I don't have to. Well, your wife. <laughs> she is a stupid. Yep. Saint, she's been slacking. Out. She's been slacking. We, yeah. of course, I haven't had a reason to take my shirt off for a couple months, so it's building up. Sometimes I like to show it off when we go down to the cabin, so mm-hmm. I let it grow for that. That a boy, <laughs> that a boy. When's the cabin coming up here in a couple weeks? No, we, we did it in January. Okay, so I have to pass that. Go have to let that stuff grow back out again, Bry. Adam loves it. No, no, it's coming coming up on uh, beach season, so get it off. <laughs> All right, Brian, you ready for some trivia? Yeah. 
All right, let's find the sounder here. Our trivia is brought to you by City Dogs of Cleveland, and our dog of the week this week is Biloxi. Same as last week, if we can get this dog adopted, there is their logo. I got to get their banner going across here at the bottom. There we go, and dog of the week is Biloxi. And here we go. Also, April 2nd, we will be at Paws for Pucks for Paws. For the Cleveland Monsters, great time is going to be had all by there with the Cleveland APL and City Dogs getting some love from the Cleveland Monsters. And here is the fuzzy face of Biloxi. Look at that face, Brian. I'm telling you. Playful little pup, about two years old, 46 pounds, and he will run you to death probably. So please adopt Biloxi, and if you do adopt him from our show, please let them know that you did it from our show. It means a lot for me and Bri for that to happen. All right, Bri, so it is my turn for trivia this week. All right. So with the combine finishing up and everything uh-huh. else going on, Bri, we have had some 40 times that have been magical. You had a defensive end run a four, what, four, four, something 40. No, it's four, yeah. five. Had a defensive tackle break the record for a 40 and a vertical jump. It was <laughs> kind of craziness going on with the big fellows. But, Bri, I'm asking you, who are the top three fastest times ever recorded at the combine? And hint, one of them. Played in the state of Ohio. Yeah, I got that one. I got two of them. We'll see if I can come up with a third. All right. All righty. Got it. Uh, Let's get into your Cleveland headlines. All right, Brian, your Cleveland headlines this week, their rumor mill is going nuts for your Cleveland Browns, uh, tagged up with Jesse Bates, John Johnson III being let go, rumors about defensive tackles, about DeAndre Hopkins, and just the time of that. But the one Cleveland headline that I wanted to bring up, and it's not even a Cleveland headline, Lamar Jackson still has not signed with the Baltimore Ravens. And it looks like they're about to franchise tag him, Bry. And that is great news for the Cleveland Browns. I guess the discrepancy is definitely over money and a guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson got. Mm-hmm. Also in that news, Derek Carr today signed with the New Orleans Saints for a four-year $155 million contract or something like that. So, Brian, with the oh, and Geno Smith signed again today. So, Geno Smith mm-hmm. is staying in Seattle. So, with these dominoes falling, do you think Lamar's actually going to stick around in Baltimore? Or you think this is his days are done? I think he'll be there this year. Um, they'll franchise tag him, he'll stick around, and then 
you know, see how it plays out. Maybe with the full season, um, if he doesn't have any major injuries, maybe they're more inclined to give him the guaranteed money. But I think it's hilarious to me because the only reason they're having this uh, hold up is because of the Browns giving Deshaun Watson all this guaranteed money. So, I mean, if if that's what it took to us uh, kind of get back at the Ravens and have their number, I think it's hilarious. Um and I, I, thought, I think I heard one of the reporters complaining about it uh, last week about how the Browns kind of are doing things wrong and blah, blah, blah. And cry me a river. It's, it's very entertaining to me. I think it's awesome. Um, I hope they continue to feud over this stuff. And I, I think, you know, somebody put out a theory last week, I think I heard, um, that the other owners – in the NFL kind of came together after the Browns gave Deshaun all this um, guaranteed money. And they said, never again, that's not going to happen. We can't let this become a thing. And so I think the Ravens are standing their ground. We'll see if they buckle and we'll see if any other team is willing to give him that. Um, yeah. Who knows, but very entertaining for me right now. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, Derek Carr, I think Derek Carr made a good decision going to the saints. Yes, I think oh, yeah, just staying away from the AFC. If I'm a if I'm a top quarterback, stay the hell away from the AFC. AFC is loaded. The well, NFC has a couple really good teams, in my opinion. Well, especially with the shit show that is the NFC South. I mean, Tampa Bay got in oh, yeah. what nine record. Tom Brady's gone. You know, Carolina's going to be drafting a quarterback. Tampa's going to be trying to figure one out if they got one or not, and slide in there with. Chris Alave, you got weapons. You got Alave, you got Kamara, you got Taysom Hill. You have a decent offensive line, and that Saints defense has actually stepped up. That's a no-brainer for him to go there. Like, everybody was saying the Jets, and I'm like, I don't know, but, like, it was actually kind of nice to see New Orleans come out of the gate with this one and actually, you know, give him a chance and actually gave him a really good contract, too. I mean, nothing to spit at. He's still getting $40 million a year. So... Mm -hmm. You know, kudos to him. That's a great contract. And I think Gino signed a three-year, like, $110 million contract or something like that. So yeah, Around that ballpark, yeah. So, Which is surprising that they, uh, they're they sticking with him. I mean, not too super surprising because he had a great year last year. But um, giving, giving him a second chance and giving him a three-year contract and saying you're going to be our guy for at least three years. Three years in the NFL is a long time. Hey, um, and you, so we'll see if he plays it out. And it shows you that, you know, the past few years before he took over, it was definitely a quarterback problem there, and it wasn't uh, a team problem. I mean, for them to actually, you know, have him, he was MVP caliber for, like, that first half of the season, Bri. I mean, it was unreal what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. And now now we all kind of just wait around now that hearing that quarterback news, everybody's waiting around for Aaron Rodgers. And in my opinion – if he's if he's smart, I th- the Jets are a better team than the Saints. The Jets are a better team than um, probably anybody else that he could go to. But again, they're in the AFC, and the Jets are even with Rodgers, they might be the sixth or seventh best team in the AFC. So, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I go. I probably I was thinking about it today. I probably go to the Commanders um, because they got a decent team. I know they play in the same conference as the Eagle or the same division as the Eagles and the. Cowboys, but um, yeah, I'm staying the hell away from the AFC if I'm a quarterback right now. And uh, yeah, I think 
head head east, east coast, stay in the NFC. Don't don't overthink it. You know, don't get blindsided that the Jets might have a better team. Look at your competition that you have to go against in the playoffs. Right. Do you think there's any chance like the Rams? I know Stafford's getting up there. You think the Rams would like deal Stafford and maybe take a run at Rodgers? He is a West Coast guy. I think they would. Um, they might have to give up too much uh, and um, just for a couple years. And also they're, they're in salary cap hell with, uh, with going all in to win that title. But um, I think, yeah, if you're asking like a one-off, just Stafford or Rodgers, who do you want? They would probably take Rodgers, I would guess. I mean, I don't, I'm not too up to date on Stafford's health because he missed a ton of time last yeah. year. And I think they're even talking like his career might be over, but I think he'll, he's coming back. So yeah, I think going to the Rams would be a better decision than going to the commanders. But um, yeah, I, I don't think that they could really make it work, but who knows? And before we get into it with the Cavs, you know, there's one team that's intrigued me and I haven't been able to talk to you about this yet. What are the Lions going to do with Jared Goff? I think they're rolling with him. I mean, I, uh, I know what you're saying, like, but it's just like they've been talking about all these other teams with quarterback issues and things of that nature. Lions have one of the best seasons they've had in I don't know how long. And they actually have a really great team around them. And it's just like you're looking at that. It's like, is Jared Goff the guy? Like, it's like, yeah. But but go go look at the numbers. They have one of the best offenses in the NFL last year. So I know, you know, we all have our preconceived uh, thoughts of what Jared Goff is, but it, the fact they missed the playoffs was not the offense's fault. They had one of the worst defenses last year, and that's why they missed it. Same thing can be said for uh, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. I mean, he's good. You know, if you start breaking it down, um, quarterbacks in the NFC, Goff, Kirk Cousins are probably top six or seven. Um, yeah. and the AFC obviously would be a different story, but you can win with those guys in the NFC, especially with Brady leaving with, uh, you know, who knows what Rogers is going to be now, who knows what Stafford is going to be, uh, you know, the 49ers have a mess at quarterback. So I don't know. I'd be surprised if, uh, if they, if the Lions made a move. All right, Brian, let's talk about our Cavs real quick before we get into the Cleveland Browns. Cavs are holding on to the four spot right now, but there's a lot of teams surging. You got the Knicks. Celtics have dropped off a few. Um, You think the Cavs can – I mean, we're down here. The only thing that sucks is if you look at their schedule, Brian, they were talking about this today on the radio, how many back-to-back city games they got going on. Now, it's not like back-to-back, but it's – a Friday, then a Sunday game in Miami. Then it's mm-hmm. a Tuesday and Thursday game in Milwaukee. Then it's uh and you're looking at it, you're like, what the hell is going on with the scheduling? But they got like five of those to close out the season, Bry. And the first one is Miami. And that's right out of the gate down there in the South Beach. And you know how NBA players love South Beach. So yeah, the only yeah, thing yeah. I worry about is if uh, JB can kind of keep the reins on these guys and keep them focused for the last little bit of stretch that they got before playoffs do start. 
Yeah, I don't know what the the NBA is doing uh, regarding the schedule. I don't know if this is maybe them trying to encourage guys to play more. Um, like say, hey, you go down there, you play one game, you stay in the same city, you sleep in the same bed for a couple nights, and then you got a couple uh, a game a couple days later. So I, I don't know if I don't think that's really going to affect anything. But at this point, the NBA has very little leverage. There's not much that the NBA can do when it comes to uh, guys sitting because I don't know how you monitor that. Um, you know, you can't question a guy if he's injured or not, or if he's feeling well enough to play or not. So I think they're maybe just trying to make it as easy as possible for some of these guys to, uh, to make them feel good and hopefully play more games. But I don't know. These these games in uh in Miami are going to be a couple of big ones. I think you got to win at least one of them. I, I know Miami's kind of towards the bottom of the East uh, playoff picture, but they're still a really good team. I think I think you got to beat them before you can start putting us in the conversation with uh, Philadelphia and Milwaukee and um, Boston. So hopefully they can hold on to the four. The Knicks are charging. I think they got the longest uh, win streak in the NBA right now. Um, so four or five, you know, I'll take a series. I'll take my chances with a series against the Knicks in, uh, in the first round. But that second round doesn't look super encouraging at this point. No, but, I mean, you got to get past first round. I, at least get to playoff experience, not a playing game, a playoff sure. experience. Right. An actual series, like you got to have. That's what they need. This, that's what this team needs. I know Mitchell has got some experience, but the rest of this team, they're a little low on the totem pole and experience with that. But they did bring in a couple other new guys to fill in Kevin Love's spot to kind of help that out. And you know, the other thing with Miami, it scares the shit on me. Kevin Love's there, and he's actually playing minutes in Miami. Mm-hmm. And. You never know. Like normally, when they go to a different place, they want to stick it to you when you come down to play them. So, see what happens with that drama. Um, other than that, Bry Guardians take that one off. Guardians are still doing spring training. It's spring training. Um, things are a little weird with no shift and bigger bases. But the one thing I am loving is the pitch clock. Have you seen the pitchers mess with the batters with the pitch clock? Like Max Scherzer, uh -uh. oh my lord, Brian, it is evil because as soon as they set, clock starts. And it's a 22nd clock. And if the thing is, though, is if you're not in the box, it's a strike. Automatic strike if you're not in the box by a certain time. Or if they're not ready, it's an automatic ball. Like, they actually showed, like, one of the clips, like, a game was actually decided because the guy was not in the box in time. I saw that. That was hilarious. That ended the game. So what yeah. Scherzer is doing is he's standing on the rubber. As soon as he gets the ball back from the catcher, he's automatically on the rubber. He never leaves the rubber. He's just waiting for the ball to come back. And then he would just sit there and they'll call like, because you only get one timeout too. So if you're calling hmm. a time, you know, to get your, gather your stuff, you only get one timeout. So as soon as they call a timeout, his foot is on the rubber and he goes at him again. And it's just, Good. it's evil. It's Good. evil, Brian. I, I love it. I mean, it, it adds a, a different element <laughs> to the game. Um, and it's the first time in for a very, very long time. I'm excited to watch uh, baseball and see how this goes. I 
heard something last week. A guy struck out in 20 seconds, and they played the whole clip, and it was just like <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Like, did he just throw another pitch? Was that he just threw one seven seconds ago? What the heck? It was. I mean, I don't know. I, I like it. I, I think you'd have to really be an old school baseball guy to not think that this was good for the game. And time will tell how it affects the pitcher's arms. But um, yeah, I mean, let's get in and get out. I don't want to sit there for four hours watching a game. Well, especially when you had like uh, people like Nomar Garcia Para doing his 45. Mike Cargrove, the human rain delay. Like, it's like, come on, get in the box, dude. Like, get in the box. And the great thing mm-hmm. is, though, with it, though, did you see the times that they're pulling in? It's like 35 minutes less than last year. Awesome. I'm all for I mean, it. They're, they're getting games in in like two hours. That's wild. Yeah. The only other time you get a game in two hours is when it's one nothing game and uh, not many hits happen. Either that or Little League when the mercy rule kicks in after the third inning. Yeah, well, I I don't know. Maybe this uh, with the um, with the no shift rule, maybe that'll increase scoring and make it a little more fun. But I thought I saw something to where I don't know if this was just one team or a minor league team or what. But uh, they're taking like the left fielder and they're putting them over like in right field. So that's kind of a way to get around the infield shift, is so you can have another guy and they just leave left field vacant. So. I don't know. Maybe they'll have to make some tweaks to the rule, but uh, yeah. At, at least it shows they're trying to improve their product because they're listening to everybody else complain. Well, and the other thing that's happening, which we'll get into here like next week or week now, the regional you know, sports channels that were, are about to be obsolete, right? And for us to watch a Guardians game or a Cavs game throughout the week, if it's not on national TV, it's going to be kind of difficult for us to do unless they figure something out soon. But uh, there's a lot of rumors that, you know, it might be you might have to pay $10 or something of that nature. It's it's crazy, Brian, but we'll get into that later. Let's talk some Browns, but I miss talking Browns with you. And we talked defensive tackle and edge slash left in last week. This week, we're talking linebackers and safeties, Brian. Now, we kind of just threw out last week people that we think go a little bit older, a little bit younger, people under their radar, things of that nature, big names that are out there that you'd like to have, but you can't, you know, always guarantee. And so far, Bride, what do you want to do first? You want to do linebackers or safeties? Uh, we can do linebackers first if you want. All right. We will linebacker it up. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to? Uh, I'll let you go first. You got the list in front of you, and then if you don't hit on a couple, I'll uh, I'll clean them up and uh, maybe just touch on a couple that uh, that you go through. All right. So first on the list for me, looking at all the age, affordability, everything else that you got going on with it. Uh, the very first one for me is, and he was here last year, Anthony Walker. There's a chance they might sign him and bring him back. They love him in the building. I think that's what kind of killed our team last year, especially linebacker-wise, was his injury going out, and then we just couldn't get healthy linebacker-wise after that. I like Anthony Walker. He controls the defense. He is actually in charge of calling plays. He knows everything, lines guys up where they need to be. So 
Check that one off. Next mm-hmm. one, older guy, Levante David. Coming off a really good year, 17 games. As soon as I find him here. Uh, he's 33, 17 games, had 124 tackles, a couple sacks, a couple QB hits. Now he is pricey. He will come in at a very big price. Also, they're talking about $9 million a year for market value, Bry, 9.7. So the, you know, one year for $9, but you three-year-old that has been there and done it, Bry. And that's what we've been kind of looking for. Then you have, let's see here, where is Kendricks? I got Kendricks and Rashawn Evans. And then I got Anzalone from Detroit. Okay. okay. Those are three guys that I got rounding out. Um, Anzalone uh, has played very good. Alex Anzalone is 28. He's played very good there in Detroit. Played all 17 games. Had 125 tackles. He was their middle linebacker. Just plays with his hair on fire. Younger guy. And let's see here. Is he? See, that's why I love this. I got everything to me. Oh, you got Taki Taki too. I forgot as a free agent. So oh, sort right? of. He's a restricted hmm. free agent. Yeah. Okay. Um I can see them bringing him Walker. back. Uh Rashawn Evans, 27 years old, played for Atlanta, 17 games, 159 tackles, Bry. 159 tackles. Mm-hmm. That means that means he's doing something. And I know Atlanta wasn't the great, but you need a guy that can actually hit tackle. He had two sacks, three quarterback hits. But it looks like a guy that can actually jam up the middle. And his market value right now is $4.5 million. Two-year, $9 million deal. That'd be like an Anthony Walker deal. There, He's 27 years old, kind of fits their you know, MO of trying to find a mid-money guy that's a little bit cheaper, but has been around and has some talent. And then the last guy... Kendricks, I believe, is a younger guy. I'm not 100% sure yet because I have everything written down. And I love this. We're getting this off of Spot Track, by the way. If, so you see me looking over at Spot Track while we're talking. That's uh, that's where we got it. And let's see here. Oh, you got Leighton Vanderesh too, Brian, that I completely forgot about. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, He's a good player. He's just hurt a lot. Why didn't I write down? Well, well, do you want me to can't go? find it? Go ahead. Brian. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. I'm trying okay. to find. Um, so the biggest name at linebacker position is, um, you know, the, the field general is Bobby Wagner, and he's up there in age. He's 33 now. All those years, Pro Bowls with Seattle, and then he went to the Rams. Um, I can't remember if it was one or two years. Maybe it was just this past year. So he's a guy. I don't know if you want him. I don't really want him. Because he's, he's going to be pricey. And he's getting older. So he's going to potentially have more injury risk. Um, but he's a guy that you can plug in. And he's going to command the attention of the room. He's going to get everybody in line on the defense. But um, again, he's going to cost you a lot so in uh, something i heard today that um i don't know i i think i just saw it scroll across the bottom line 
um, that the Buccaneers might think about either trading or releasing uh, Devin White. Um, and, I mean, he's still in his prime. If there's any way we can find to get him, I think you put that towards the top of the list. But, again, I don't know if we're going to have the type of money to do that or certainly we don't have the draft capital to try to trade for a guy like that. But he's top 10 top 15 linebacker in the league and he's in his prime and you know he's always been the alpha in the linebacker room going back to his days at LSU so find a way to get him I'd be on board with that kind of um you know some guys some younger guys there's a ton of dudes that are 26 27 28 years old that have a lot of experience so it's just whatever flavor of the day that, that you like um couple guys i i like tremaine edwin edmonds from um from buffalo tons of potential mm-hmm. he was a first round draft pick a couple of years ago um but matt milano's kind of their guy there in the middle in buffalo so i wouldn't mind taking a look at him david long um who played with uh the titans this past year you know he, he's he's not great in coverage but uh but he's a guy that can rack up a ton of tackles and same with um, the commander's middle linebacker, Cole Holcomb. Um, And honestly, I can't say whether these guys that I'm just rattling off, if there's talk that they're just going to go back and re-sign with their teams. Some of these guys, it might even not be worth um, even bringing them up because they're going to sign them uh, back to their original team. So yeah, that's kind of what I got. You got a couple of guys in Philly, Edwards and White. Um, that mm-hmm. who knows if they still have ties to uh, to Jim Schwartz, um, but they're solid players. They're in their prime. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking a look at them, and I don't think they're going to break the bank or anything like that. Yeah, you mentioned Vanderish, Okariki, and um, and Indy. Uh, you know, if you want a journeyman that has a ton of experience, like Denzel Perriman kind of is out there. So any of these guys, I can't say that I really love one guy other than, you know, Devin White became available. I can't say I really love one guy um, over the other ones. I think they're all kind of, if you know football, you've heard of the names, um, and, and they're all guys kind of like we have already, like we talked before the show started, the Browns have a lot of talent in their linebacker room. They're just all unproven, and they're, we don't know what we can count on. And we kind of likened it to the defensive tackle room to where they drafted these guys. They're in their second and third years now, and uh, we really need to count on them, and we just don't know if we can. So they might look to bring in at least one veteran. Yeah, and you know what I like about it though, Brian, is I re- I really do think like the the glue that kind of that broke everything was Anthony Walker's injury. I that I think really get, killed our linebacker. It killed our defense. I I really do think that was like the biggest straw that you couldn't take out. And it wasn't that it's like his. How do you explain it? It's a veteran that knows what he's doing but also can tell guys what they're doing. You had that vocal leader out there saying, you're lining up wrong, line up here. This is where, after he was out, it, it felt like nobody wanted that spot to take over. And I think that's ultimately why John Johnson got, you know, released by the Browns. And like you and I were talking, 
you know, why would you get rid of a good player and empty another hole for yourself? But also at the time, the amount of money that he was getting paid free up to go big for one of these other things. And like another thing, big name that's been tethered to the Browns is Jesse Bates from Cincinnati, the safety out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, now he is going to come at a very, very pretty penny bright. I mean, that would be a big splash. He's only 26. Bry, um, his market value is they're talking God, like 12 million, if not more. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if we can afford him. Yeah, yeah if, the market is your one big signing, you can afford him, but that's about it. Yeah, his market value four years 56, so four million dollars a year is what you'd be paying in a safety. And we already went through John Johnson, who we paid, what, like 10 or 12 a year Ten. when yeah. we got him in. So it's – that's a pretty penny. And, like, you and I talked, I don't think – I mean, what do you think? I think their big splash is actually going to be – I think that's where they're going to spend the most money in free agency is defensive tackle. We've been wrong before, but if you're going to make a splash – and mediocre splashes after that. Do you think they come out with like two big splashes, one at safety and one at defensive tackle? I don't. I'm not expecting that just because um just because of their salary cap situation and I understand they'll save a ton um by restructuring the Watson deal. But um maybe they do, but I think definitely the defensive line needs to be the priority of all defense or offense this off season. And, you know, we've tried, we've gone the route of grafting guys in the third round, fourth round, sixth round, and it just hasn't panned out. So you got to shore up that. I mean, call it for what it is. We have 75% of our defensive line is in flux. We don't know what the hell we're doing at three mm-hmm. positions. So, you got to get something cleared up there. Um, there were some rumblings last week about uh, maybe bringing in a Brandon Graham and a Fletcher Cox because of the relationship with Schwartz in Philadelphia. So that would instantly give you some credibility and guys that you can count on, but they're on the backside of their careers. So again, injuries are going to creep in eventually. Brandon Graham, I think is like 35. So um so, yeah, you probably have to play him in a part-time role and hope that Wright and Thomas kind of mature quickly and can step in um, sporadically throughout the game. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see them signing a huge name safety. Um, you know, maybe a second-tier guy. You mentioned Jesse Bates. I think the other top-tier guy is um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for the Eagles. Um, the Eagles have a ton of defensive free agents that I'd like to have, but – uh I think he's going to demand a pretty penny too. So I don't know if you really get either one of those guys. I think you're maybe looking at a tier two or tier three guy. All right. So Brian, on that note, here's some guys that are out there. You got Jordan Poyer is out there. He's 31 years old, going to be 32. Uh, One guy, one name I wrote down on that one. He's an older guy, Deron Harmon, strong safety from uh, Las Vegas Raiders. 32 at all 17 games and got 86 solo tackles himself. I mean, just durability is kind of what I'm looking at the most here, Bri. Um, 
Another one that you're probably not going to like because um, he is up also along with Jesse Bates. Von Bell, Bri. Uh Von Bell is market. He'd be a second tier market. Uh, Von Bell would be, I think he's 27 now. Von Bell is 28. Right in your mm-hmm. wheelhouse and his market value right now, Bri. And I clicked on an ad. Love ads, bro. <laughs> I would take a Von Bell. I'd be fine with a Von Bell. I'd be fine with a Poyer, too. I mean, he's getting up there in age, too. Three million. So it'd be nine million a year. So three year, $30 million. Kind of the same spot that we were in with. Yeah. And that's what they're guesstimating. It's not like we can't, you know, that won't change. Yeah. Other names I got on Bruv from the Giants. Um, he is a little further down on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Epps from Philly, 27 years old. There's another safety that we could use, 92 tackles. I'm just looking at people in the price range that is going to be in the second tier that we could grab, fill in a spot, maybe help out, especially a veteran. So I'm looking anywhere between 27 and 31 is what we need at that safety because you still got Grant Delpit. You still got a couple other guys. Um, has Did I miss any? And Love is Julian Love. He's 29 or not 29, 24. 25. Oh, yeah. 25 from the Giants. We'll be 25. 116 tackles, Brian. 116 tackles. Now, his market mm-hmm. value is going to be through the roof. It's 7.9 million. But, I mean, there's a second. They're talking dollars, and that would shore up your safety right there. So, I mean, sure. it's just, yeah. I mean, I, like I, with, I like uh, Love because he's a younger guy. Uh-huh. Go ahead. To me, it's kind of like it's similar to linebacker. It's, it's a saturated market. You have a bunch of guys that are in their late 20s, and you just got to figure out which one you like. I think you can get. A bunch of them. There's other than Bates and Garner Johnson. I don't think there's any standouts that are going to demand huge money. But uh, yeah, the guys you brought up, I would take. A, um, I kind of like a guy like Juan Thornhill from the Chiefs. Um, has that big game experience. It seems like he's always making plays when I'm watching the Chiefs game. Uh, he's still 27, so he's got three, four, five good years left, I think. Um, and then. There's guys that I don't know a ton about, but um, but Donovan Wilson for the Cowboys is a guy that uh, if you're looking for more versatility from your safety position, he's a guy that can kind of drop down and play in the box and play some linebacker and help you support the run a little bit too. Um, so it just depends what you're looking if you're looking for a tackler or you're looking for uh, a guy to play more coverage because honestly I don't. I think we'll find out with uh, with Schwartz and what kind of defense he wants to play, just what he's expecting from his safeties. Remember, with Joe Woods, all the rage was, well, we got to play three three safeties. We have to have three safeties on the field. Well, that's out the window now. So you got Grant Delpit for one. Now what are you looking for from your other safety? Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at Devon Wilson now, and that's – his contract that he signed with Dallas was a four-year billion-dollar contract. And, you know, you sit there and you look at it like, 
all right, well, price is going to be, he'll probably be right in the middle with, you know, like three million a year, maybe two million a year. And if not more, but I mean, that'd be like a guy that would come in and kind of help out shore up everything too. I mean, it, I think it's going to be a plug and play what they're going to be doing with safety anyways, because now with Jim Schwartz, you don't know what you're going to get with safety. It's not like Robert Woods where he needed 15 safeties on the field and then, you know, an undersized linebacker. So it's kind of weird how this is going to, I have a feeling that this is going to be a, uh, a heavy defensive draft again, Bry. And I, I think it's going to be meat and potatoes. And I, I think that they'll take a couple of swings at guys they like if they're there on offense. But, you know, I, I really do think like the big names that we're going to get are going to be on the defensive side and then it's going to be early in round two, round three and all that. So um, is there anybody else that you had on your list that you were really intrigued by? Uh, not really. The only other name that I kind of pinned was a uh, Taylor Rapp for, uh, for the Rams. And again, I don't know if he's very good in coverage. He's a hell of a tackler. Uh, he always seems to come up with six, seven, eight tackles a game but his coverage kind of lacks a little bit. So I think we have that. And I'm not totally clear. Like um, nobody seems to bring up Ronnie Harrison's name. Is he, he's just the forgotten man. Do we have him under contract still? Do you know anything about that? I don't know a hundred percent for sure. I don't think so. He didn't but play much might, last it, year. It might be like a restricted free agent. Like we can match an offer if he gets one. Mm-hmm but I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm not seeing him on here. Like we got Carl Joseph is on here. Um, oh, yeah. you know, like, you know, you have a, a Jabril. Take him back. Jaboy's on here too. You want Jaboy back? Okay. I said, Dave, I take I mean, he's, at this point, anybody <laughs> we needed, we just needed somebody to start because, uh, because other, so other than Delpit, I mean, who do we really have at safety? I'm trying to think from last year. They, there was a guy who just barely made the roster last year but he didn't play much i can't remember what his name is well mj stewart is going to be a free stewart okay yeah i mean there's even been some rumblings and i don't know if this is anybody credible or anybody in the building but uh you know with uh with greg newsom having such a fuss about having to play the slot corner position about maybe moving like mj emerson to a safety because He's a bigger body corner, um, and he needs to be on the field as much as possible. I don't know if they would do that, but, you know, an option. Well, I was going to say, or a small linebacker that we have, uh, make him play strong safety with a JOK. <laughs> JOK, yeah. What is he, 228 pounds? That, would, that makes him a big uh, big safety, very small well, linebacker. I mean- but he's a he's a vegan, so it should be all right to cut down a little bit, right? That'll be hard to put on some weight when you're a vegan. I don't have any experience, but uh, just guessing. Hey, have him spend a couple of days with me. We'll take care of that, Brian. <laughs> oh, you can so, eat riblets. Just shove them down your throat, son. I just gained five pounds in a day. Brian, they were so good. Oh my God! Let's get the it looked good on the commercial. I know that, but hey, I didn't even get the all you can eat because I got to like the two for two twenty five or you know the mm-hmm. twenty five deal, and she got uh 
What'd she get? She got an eight ounce sirloin with mashed potatoes and broccoli. The boys each got mac and cheese. Charlie got yogurt with strawberries. Alexander got a corn dog and cheese sticks and mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. And then I got excited and got to riblets with the coleslaw, which by the way, people got work on coleslaw. If you're going to serve coleslaw, make sure that thing's got some tang to it. I just don't want to eat what I got served and I'm not picky at all, Brian, because it was okay. I'll still eat it, but I pretty much just got served cabbage. There's no sauce on it. There's no flavor. Yeah. Like it was just like, it was, it was bland. I mean, it was, it was carrots, cabbage, and it was no sauce on it. It was like, if I wanted this, I'd put it in my salad. Like, come on. Come on, man. Write yeah, a complaint. I would. That sucks. Yeah. I know. Pay for that? Yeah, well, I paid for it when I ate the riblets. Though. And by the way, those riblets were gone in like two minutes. Hope's like, she goes, are you breathing right now? I'm like, oh, I'm breathing. I was like, breathing. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, I need a plate. <laughs> I need a plate for I'm throwing those little bones out onto the... They have bones in them? Yeah, that's what riblets are. They got little bones. Oh, I thought the whole uh, the whole draw to the riblets was like they're like a McRib sandwich. No, no, no. They got little bones in them that you got to watch out for. So are they like infant cows that, uh, that they're slaughtering to get these? It's almost like they slice the rib the wrong way. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like it, instead of... You know, you have the big meat ribs. They're like little thin ribs. So it's like they caught them. Right, I'll explain later. We got to get, <laughs> get a fat I guess I'll, Yeah, I'll have to Google that. Google that one. And now it's time for Fat Boy Tuesday. We didn't get into Fat Boy Tuesday last week. We got a real hard dive in on the defensive line and defensive tackles. Had some other stuff going on. But Bry. Next week, we will be doing offense, and I'm just going to put offense as general for free agency because I really think they're only going to hit a couple of things, and it's going to be tight end, wide receiver, maybe an offensive lineman, if anything. I, I don't one very intriguing move that I really hope they make. I'll All right. save it. We'll get into that and it's on offense, yeah. That's perfect. We'll get into that next week. Um, so right now I wanted to bring up, it is Lent. Everything else is going on. Still going strong, Bri. Still going strong. Yep. Hope tried to call me out on a sausage McMuffin though. Do I get called out on a sausage McMuffin? I mean, it's technically fast food. (sighs) (laughs) I almost, I almost slipped up on Thursday. I wasn't thinking then I almost slipped up today again. I had a, somebody gave me a bag of chips, and I'm like, oh, here you go. Throw them in the trash. I sat there, and I'm looking at, like, I had to take Alexander to school. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm looking over. There's nobody in the McDonald's. I'm like, I just want an iced tea. And I'm like, and I'm, I was so hungry. Like, I just wanted something to eat. I didn't care what it was. So I just got a sausage McMuffin, and I got, like, the, the buy one, get one for a dollar. And I threw the other one in the back for him. That's all I had. <clears throat> but he ratted me out to mom, and she brought it up. She's like, I thought you were giving up fast food. And I'm like, <laughs> McDonald's is like, a fast I, food? What are you talking about? And I tried to, like, and I sat there, and I went like this, Brian. I'm like, it was a breakfast sandwich. It's not like I went there and got four quarter pounders like I normally eat. I just wanted a breakfast sandwich and went to work. I like, And I'm trying to, like, and I'm justifying. She goes, you're trying to justify it. I'm like, I know I am, but, like, 
it was a breakfast sandwich. Like it wasn't. Damn it! So uh, I'm going to hell, Bri. It happens. Snitches get stitches. Tell tell Charlie. By the way, I brought that up in my house too, and they both looked at me, and my wife smacked me for it. She goes, "They don't need to know that stuff." I'm like, I... "She goes, you need to learn to think." The hell they don't. I was like, honey, that's a golden rule right there. They should know. And <laughs> she didn't. You learn it from dad or you learn it the hard way. <laughs> Somebody hitting a brick on your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, Bri, fish sandwiches are on the craze. Everybody's got one. Kind of like we had the breaded chicken sandwich. Now, I know you're not completely huge into fish sandwiches because of fish sticks as a kid kind of ruined you on some things. Thank but have you. you had some of the newer fish sandwiches that have been out? I don't know if I've ever had a <laughs> fish sandwich from a, a fast food place, just to be honest. Ever. Nope. I can tell you which ones look good. That I would, If I was a fish eater, I would go there. But, um, yeah, I, I can't add a whole lot to this conversation. All right, so hold on. Which ones look good? Arby's. Ar- Arby's would be the first place I went if I was going somewhere. Okay. You got another one that looked good? I'm... Probably probably Wendy's. I'd give Wendy's a shot, too. I mean, they, they they look like chicken sandwiches, so sometimes I get a, a little thrown off. Um, but, yeah, both those... Places seem to be pretty solid. I don't know if I'd ever really try the filet fish but you tell me if it's any good. Now, Brian, both those fish sandwiches are actually really good. Another good. one, Popeyes came out with their fish sandwich. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Actually, hey, I've had it before. Not bad. All right. But the one that I, it's nostalgia for me, the filet of fish. Give that me right? that filet of fish. Give me that fish. I don't know what it is, but also Burger King's fish sandwich is actually really good, too. Like, all of them are legit. If hmm. I had to rank them, like, personally, for me, I would do Wendy's first, probably Burger King second, filet of fish third, and then Arby's down a little bit lower because I really don't go to Arby's for, like, a fish sandwich. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to Arby's. I'm getting roast beef. Like, <laughs> there's right. something else on that menu. But like I've I've gone to at night I've gone to and got like an extra fish sandwich from McDonald's or same with Burger King and all those. But I actually had the uh, fish sandwich with my sister from Wendy's, and man, is it good! We can't go huh. wrong with Wendy's, man. Like Wendy's is le- solid all over. I know, right? Whatever you get, right. yep. Salad doesn't matter what it is; it, it's solid all around. Except their. Believe it or not, I'm not a huge fan of the Frosty. I think they, they need some sort of milkshake or something. Right. I'm How telling are you, not you afraid I, did, I, I mean, when I was younger, I guess I probably ate it. I couldn't tell you the last time I had a Frosty. It's just kind of, meh. <laughs> it's just my punishment now. You're going to, or who knows, maybe you're going to get a Frosty or something like that. I was going to ask you, um, like with uh, with the fish sandwiches, is it all cod? Do they have to specify what kind of fish it is, or do they just say fish? Well, I be honest, I don't know what 
half of them are. I think uh, okay. Arby's is it's uh, like a hot dog. They just throw a bunch of crap together. Well, no, I think I think Arby's <laughs> is it's not cod. It's um, Pollock. Okay. And I think Wendy's is too. Uh, don't know what McDonald's is offhand or Burger King, but a lot of it's either like the orange ruffy or Pollock or you know the cob fillets. No bluegill. Uh, like down home, they're huge for their uh, fishtail sandwiches, bread and fishtail, and it comes on a hoagie bun, like the original chicken sandwich at uh, Burger King. Mm-hmm. It comes on a hoagie bun just like that, and it's their fishtail sandwich with tartar sauce. Now, you've had tartar sauce before, haven't you? I'm sure I have. I couldn't say for certain the last time I did, though. It remind, refresh my memory. It's just mayonnaise and what else, like dill pickles? Relish, like it's relish, like mayonnaise, relish, and like a yeah, I, that's okay. all I can think of. Something that's long that, yeah, yeah. And like you got the cocktail sauce, which is ketchup and uh horseradish together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Made the mistake of uh dousing my french fries, and uh, we went down to Hilton Head one year when I was younger on a family vacation. I just doused the french fries with cocktail sauce and. My brother and cousins knew what I was doing, and they didn't open their mouth and ruin my French fries. So the one that got away. <laughs> All right, big fella, you ready to end the show? Let's do our top three, bud. Yeah. And you came up with an interesting top three for this week, and I, I. I typed it out as rando teams rooted for Bry, and you wanted yep. like a specific, a specific, specific team that we rooted for time, year, all that stuff that you rooted for. That is not for me, Ohio state or Michigan for you or mm-hmm. any Cleveland teams. Right. Yep. Yeah. So no Cleveland teams. I think I got, I think they're talking about it. Tell me, Saturday mornings, Marty McGee, they were talking about something about uh, how they can just reference these teams that they watched growing up. And for whatever reason, they know like this lineup top to bottom, like the back of their hand. And so that got me thinking about, um, yeah, just what teams that uh, that you rooted for that you really didn't have much of a tie to. And just for whatever reason, be it. You know, guy was on your fantasy team or whatever. Uh, you, you had big money on some team that you followed them throughout the season, and you grew to uh, to watch a lot of their games. So, yeah, that's kind of the thought behind that. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to go first, you can. You got the floor. All right. So I, the way I took it, Bry. So this is how I did it. All right. So my number three is the mid nineties and the Detroit Red Wings. For those okay. of you that don't know, huge Detroit Red Wings fan. Um, now I root for the Blue Jackets because they are an Ohio team, but I will still root for the Red Wings. I've always been a Red Wings fan ever since my stepdad, you know, story time. But in the 90s, they were the Chicago Bulls of NHL hockey. I mean, they won. I think they had like a six-peat or a three-peat and then another three-peat. Kind of a similar thing. They were hockey. They were hockey town. And mm-hmm. uh, just going to do that. Another one, number two, 
the 2009-10 New Orleans Saints. Huh. Right after the hurricane, they came out. Okay. Won, won the Super Bowl that year. I was rooting for them. Yeah. The Super Bowl that year. So that is my number two. And, Brian, nice. my number one. And you're going to love this one. And it's not because I like them or anything of that nature. It's because of what it meant to me because it was the 2011 Dallas Mavericks beating LeBron James and <laughs> Dwayne Wade and everybody else sure. because we were – it was not Dallas Mavericks. It was Cleveland Mavericks also that were uh, – I don't know anybody in Cleveland that was not rooting for the Mavericks to win that championship, right? The Mavaliers, I remember that well. Right? So was that oh, a good that top great. three right there? Absolutely. Yep, yeah. I mean, something that uh, that's just so random on why you root for a certain team. And, yeah, certainly you weren't the only one in Cleveland that was rooting for the Mavs hard. I was certain, can, definitely doing that as well. Can I throw in one honorable mention? Please do. It was the early 2000s Sacramento Kings. Mike Bibby, Chris Weber. Chris Weber? Oh, yeah. Uh, Hiro Torkelu, uh, Vladi Divac. That team right mm-hmm. Because um, that team, I rooted for that team because L.A. was just, I mean, they had Shaq, they had Kobe. They had, like, it was just <laughs> unreal what was going on in L.A. at the time. And just, it was like the, it was the David going against the Goliath. And oh, yeah. for to do what they did, you know, they, I think it was like two years they had that run. Two or three years they had that run where they were really good. And mm-hmm. those were the years I was kind of honed in on them. So, I think it was like, oh, was it 2000 to 2003 or four? Or somewhere in that window, but yeah, there's an honorable mention right there, Brian. They almost knocked off the Lakers. I think, uh, I think they took them to seven, and that was the famous like Kobe to Shaq uh, alley oop that uh, that he threw down, and that was kind of uh, the end of the Kings for that year. But yeah, and the Kings are finally back. They've been down and out for 15, 20 years, and I think they're like the three seed in the West this year or something like that. So All right, we could be the quietly. Getting done. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they they won't go anywhere. Most likely, I think the Suns <laughs> are uh, are head and shoulders above anybody else when it comes to the playoffs. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I like your list. Um, and we both kind of talked beforehand how we had two good ones, and then we were look, searching for a third one um, because there's just a bunch of other teams that I would root for if I had honorable mentions like the Cardinals before. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals before they had Mark McGuire with Ron Gant and Brian Jordan. For whatever reason, I was drawn to them. Um, Grandma Ma and the Charlotte Hornets, I really liked in the 90s. Um, but my number three is going to be uh, the Miami Dolphins in the late 80s, early 90s. And I've always been a Browns fan. It's never like the Dolphins were my number one team. But, um, I think it was the reason, like, uh, my brother and I used to always play head-to-head in Tech Mobile, and we said, we made the rule that you couldn't be the Browns. So, for whatever reason, he would be the Buffalo Bills. I would be the Dolphins with Marino, Mark Duper, Mark Clayton. I just – I'd love to sling it all over the place and just pass, pass, pass every single down. Um, so, I started following them in real life and kind of got on board. And 
also like their colors. You know, when you're six, seven years old, it kind of a lot has to do with how the uniforms look. So that's my number three. And believe it or not, my number one and two are both from the same year and both from the same sport. And it kind of maybe started this thought uh, with um, with March Madness coming up and college basketball. And I'm going back to the year 2002. And I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I was rooting hard for the Maryland Terrapins. No ties to them. I think I might have picked them in my bracket to win it all or something like that. So I can still, you know, state the starting five, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, Chris Wilcox, all those guys I was uh, pulling hard for. And then I think I won like 200 bucks in a, uh, in a March Madness bracket. But when you're 16 years old, that, that seems like it's 700 or 1200 or something like that. So yeah, I really, yeah, I got on board with that team big time. Um, but it was just me, and for whatever reason, I rooted for them. So, same year, um, it was a magical run for anybody in Northeast Ohio. I did have a tie to them a little bit because my brother was going to go to Kent State. My dad was a Kent State alumni, and so I got on board. We all loved uh, Kent State and their uh, their magical run to the Elite Eight, unfortunately, Dropping that game to uh, to Indiana and Tommy Coverdale, I still I hate him almost as much as I hate Dave Justice um, for breaking my heart back then. And uh, but yeah, Trevor Huffman, Antonio Gates, uh, Demetric Shaw. It was just it was a fun fun time seeing a MAC team uh, make it that far and a team from Northeast Ohio. And yeah, we were rooting hard. Um, got the T-shirts and everything. So, uh, yeah, that'll always hold a special place in my heart. Just for that, Bri, I got our top three next week. Okay, you're taking, good. You're taking me down memory lane, so we'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't don't tell my uh, Toledo friends and uh, Toledo alumni that, uh, that I was rooting hard for the Golden Flashes, but Toledo's got them this year. They're the number one seed in the MAC, so hopefully they can do something with it. Bri, they know that you're a Bowling Green fan. Let's just be honest. What, well, it's it's They're funny because like, no I, I have a lot of uh, family, not a lot, but a few uncles, um, and my mom went to Bowling Green, and, of course, they are the biggest um, rival for the Rockets. So oh, yeah. mixed feelings when it comes to the the Isaac Zumba uh, Falcons. Well, hey, when you only live 15 minutes apart from each other, what do you expect? Like. It's yeah, and I even went down there um, quite a bit in during my time at Toledo. We would go down there like on Thursday nights or something. It's just kind of diff two different campuses. Like Bowling Green's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> you know. But it, but it's a fun place to be. Yes, it is. I've had plenty of. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, you know. I've heard stories well, of you there too. Bowling Green. All right, <laughs> let's get into our trivia and close out the show, right? Give me the top three fastest times at the combine, Brian. Okay. So I said I got two. And out of um, maybe just getting caught up in the Kent State talk, I'm going to say my third one is Dree Archer. Mm -hmm. And I'm going with top two being John Ross and Chris Johnson. 
There you go. You got all three of them. Number one. Is that right? Dree Archer was number three. Number three. Number one. Nice. John Ross. Number two, Chris Johnson. Number three was Dree Archer. Dree Archer. Yeah. 4.26. Wow. Yeah. So so Johnson was 2.4, and I think uh, Ross was 2.2, two, two, right? 2.2. Two, two. So... I, I wish I could win some money for this pointless information that I have stored in my head. I can't remember to do half the things my wife tells me, but um, yeah. Underwear Olympics, I got that down. Well, Brian, we can actually set up a segment where you could bet five bucks and take on Brian NFL draft. <laughs> and if you win, we'll keep the money rolling, bud. We'll just keep That's it rolling. Not, that that probably won't end well. For you or for somebody else? For for me. <laughs> Uh, I didn't watch. I didn't. I mean, I was at the home and garden show most of this weekend, so I didn't get a chance to watch much of the uh, combine. But I, I said last week, I used to love to watch that, but um, it was always kind of disappointing because I get it would get very boring after about uh, an hour or so. I just got the highlights. I watched a couple of quarterback throws. I watched uh, the one tight end from Florida. He's a big son of a bitch. Georgia, Georgia, that Washington, just, yeah, pushed the sled about monster. My lord, yeah, he's, he's uh, huge. I think he got hurt in the Ohio State game, right? Mm-hmm. And then I watched uh, the one off the <laughs> blow out his knee during the combine, which that's no fun. Is that thing. right? What yeah. was he doing? He was doing the sh- the pretty much the footwork where you come up, do the shuttle, and then you pop off to a side. And he okay. went to pop off to a side, and it just his leg just gave out on him. Just, just crumbled. And it was like, come on. You know, it'd be hurt that's, at the combine. That's, that's like rough. the worst thing ever. But then watching yeah. with some of the wide receivers, the cornerbacks, all that stuff, and just watching the best one was is they showed a tape of the Kentucky quarterback throwing to Tennessee wide receiver. Because I they're huge I, rivals, right? Oh yeah. So it was Levitt's throwing to um, God, who was a wide receiver. And you hear that everybody kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll put that on my bucket list to go to. Cause they sell tickets to it now. I think, right. Sure. Why not? You want to go? We I'll, can have fun there. Oh my God. I mean, drink. it's not that what three hours away. No. Not that well, far. Indy. Yeah. Five. About five hours. Five? Is that yeah. right? Okay. Well, it's it's about three hours to Lima, and then another couple hours from there. So I would. Yeah, say you're right. Hours. Yeah, so, three hours. I don't know if it's no, it's not three hours to Lima, is it? Well, you would know better than I would. It's about two forty-five, something like that. Okay. Huh. There's different ways you could take. I mean, it's mm-hmm. time everybody takes turnpike over to seventy-five and go down seventy-five. We found back roads through like Norwalk and all that to get over there. Or you could take 30 straight across, too. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's around there. Yeah, Indy's a fun town. I went there for one time for a Browns game. Um, their tailgating sucks. But uh, the town, kind of a small downtown area, but it's a fun time. All right, Brian. Well, we are at the end of our show. Like I said, if you want to make a $10 donation to the party happening on May 20th, with the WJ Lodge and Berea with Top Dog Tailgate and City Dogs Cleveland. So get a hold of us here. We will hook you up however we got to do it. 
Uh, Bry, got to thank uh, City Dogs and Biloxi. Please adopt Biloxi or Dog of the Week this week and last week. And on that note, Bry, God bless them. God bless you. God bless America. We thank our troops and first responders for everything we do. And we want to thank Harold Keel and Lake Erie APA for everything he's done for us. And on that note, we are uncorked, unloaded. We're out. See ya. Thank you guys for watching.